and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. For all of those keeping count at home, this is episode four of the podcast. I'm joined by my host, Joel Ambayoka, once again over the phone, which is unfortunate, but things are starting to uh, bend the corner, if you will, in terms of the pandemic that we have with the COVID-19. So we might be able to get back in person soon, which which I know we're all hoping for. I know Joel is hoping for. I know I am. So, but... Here is episode four, and Jolan, there is a ton of ton to talk about today. We're going to start with the NFL. Last time we did the NFC over-unders. This time we're going to do the AFC over-unders with a little bit of a twist. First of all, welcome back to the show. Second of all, what's our little twist for today? Um, oh, it's good to be back, and uh, I can't wait to start hanging out and actually doing this in person. Kind of bring different energy, different feeling to it, I bet. Um, and the twist today with the uh, over-unders and the AFC teams, um, I'm going to ask you at the end of each division, who's going to win the division and then who that winning team's MVP for that team is going to be. All right, I'll try not to spoil anything before we get to the good the good questions at the end of each division, but uh, I'm ready to rock and roll if you are. Uh, 100%. Let's um, start out west with the AFC West, um, a team that's just been on the move, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're at 7.5 wins. Yeah, I'm going under here. Uh, I think it's a team that gets to seven wins. I think this is the best win total-wise, best division in football. Uh, it's certainly going to be one of the toughest, I think, just top to bottom. You look at all the talent that's in that division, but uh, the Raiders, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, they, they are two two volcanoes erupting. Uh, both of their both of their minds combined is, is just this massive eruption. So you never know what you're going to get. Uh, they signed a few wide receivers in the offseason, then they go out and draft three other wide receivers. So I don't really know what to expect, but I'm I'm probably going to go under to seven wins. Yeah, you have to question some of uh, John Gruden's picks over the past couple of weeks. Um, to the LA Chargers, seven and a half wins as well. Yeah, th- this is really tough because they, their defense is so talented from top to bottom. Their biggest question mark comes from the most valuable position in American sports, thought by many, which is the quarterback position. They'll have Justin Herbert as their starter uh, because, listen, you, we saw this with the Giants. You don't draft uh, a guy sixth overall to have him sit the whole season. He's going to start early. Daniel Jones started over Eli Manning, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, by the way. That that was pretty quick into the season. So expect to see Herbert either right out of the gate or a couple games in. So it's really on his shoulders. I haven't been the biggest fan of Justin Herbert out of Oregon. So I'm going to go under here. I think he struggles a little bit this year. Uh, I, I do think they might need another weapon or two around him uh, next year to make them even that much better. But I'm going to go under here. Uh, definitely a team with a new identity now that Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers are both gone. To Denver Broncos, up and coming Drew Locke, they're at eight wins flat. Yeah, I'm going to push here. I think they get to eight and eight. Uh, this is a team that uh, – so – with the NFL, we might not see fans in stadiums, which is going to take away the home field advantage for a lot of teams. Not the Denver Broncos, because not only do they have a home field advantage with their crowd, but they have it with the altitude too. And now they're faster than ever. So now you're really trying to catch your breath all the time against them. And, and Drew Locke, again, if they think he's the guy, which clearly they do with the weapons they've put around him, he has no excuses not to succeed. But again, their defense is a little bit suspect. But I'm going to put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they find a way to just be pretty average this year. To the Kings of the NFL last year, 
Kansas City Chiefs are at 11 and a half wins. Yeah, I'm going over here. Uh, not many times in Super Bowl era history. I, I don't I don't know the exact stat. They're bringing back 20 of 22 starters from last year, which is absurd. Okay, so I, I really do think that that they they are on a path again to get Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the draft, who I think is going to be a perfect fit for Andy Reid. So I think this team's over 11 and a half wins. You know, it's funny, the Kansas City Chiefs this year um, reminded me of like the 2008 Giants, the next year they started off 10-1 before that Patrick Barrett situation. And they just have all the returning guys, but all the pieces should be in place to make a deep run, certainly. So who do you think wins that division, and who do you think that team's MVP is? Yeah, the Giants should have won. Giants should have won the Super Bowl that year, by the way. I know a lot of people say otherwise, but they, they should have. They were rolling. Uh, Kansas City wins that division. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the X factor, though. Uh, I think he can add a different dimension to that offense that we didn't necessarily see last year. Damian Williams, listen, he's a great player, but if you can get a great running back to compliment, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been compared to what Brian Westbrook was for Andy Reid back in Philadelphia. If he's if he's anything like Brian Westbrook, and again, I have a lot of respect for him, uh, for Brian Westbrook, they, they're going to be even more dynamic than they were last year. They put up like 51 straight in a playoff game, which is absurd. So... Uh, it, the MVP is Patrick Mahomes, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to play a big factor. I think it's a safe bet to go with the former MVP as the MVP of that division for next year. Let's spin around the country clockwise, both the AFC North. And we'll start with the team um, that just had the first overall pick with Joe Burrow. Cincinnati Bengals are at five and a half wins. Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, I think they can get to four or five wins maybe, but this is a team that's going to struggle. Their their defense isn't that great, and, and, and I don't have a ton of belief in Joe Burrow, to be completely honest with you. I haven't been the biggest supporter all this time. Now, he might prove me wrong, but, yeah, they got him T. Higgins. Yeah, he is A.J. Green. A.J. Green's been hurt each of the last probably three to four years, so uh, it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to really see, and that division's gotten so much better uh, just over this offseason, one year to the next. So I still think they struggle, but maybe they get to five wins at max, but definitely under for me. Yeah, this is where it's something we agree on. I don't believe in Joe Burrow as much as everybody else does um, because he had the perfect storm at LSU. I mean, he couldn't be at Dwayne Haskins two years ago for a starting spot at Ohio State. I don't think he's ready to lead an NFL team, especially with that much turmoil. Let's go to another team with turmoil over the past years, and they really shouldn't have had it. The Cleveland Browns are eight and a half wins. Yeah, this is this is the most controversial over-under in the entire league. Not because of, you know, it's too low or it's too high. Listen, they should be over here, and I'm going to take them as over and get to nine wins. But this is an organization that has, at every turn, found a way to lose, regardless of the situation. Everybody says the Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen. Well, at least the Cowboys wait till Christmas for their accident to happen. The Browns, it's like it starts in September. So, but there's so much talent on this offense. This is Baker Mayfield's year. I know people have strong opinions about him and OBJ, but I, I think they they have to take a step here. Uh, if Baker's going to be the quarterback moving forward, otherwise, you know, it could get ugly in Cleveland. So, uh, that would be nothing new for them. But I, I think they get over. I think they get to nine wins, and I think they nab a wild card spot. To be completely honest with you. Certainly, this season rests on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield. What he does with that is on him. To two of the worst division, uh, two of the worst teams running that division. To two of the best, go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, nine and a half wins. Yeah, I'm going under here. I think they get to seven to nine or eight and eight. I, I'm not fully, uh, I'm not a firm believer in Big Ben's health. Uh, I'm not really a big believer in the shape that he's in. 
And, and, and you know, let's be honest. It, I just don't see it. Now, that defense is going to be, it has a chance to be historically great again this year. Uh, and it's going to be a nightmare for the Giants week one with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree on each edge. Uh, it's going to be, a, 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 you know, that defense is going to be super good. I still have questions about that offense. And then, especially since they didn't sign Jameis Winston, if Big Ben gets hurt, now what? We saw what happened when Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges comes into the game. So uh, you're relying on a 37, 38-year-old Big Ben to play all 16 games. I don't really see it this year, so I'm going to go under. You know, one of the best teams in the AFC last year, the Baltimore Ravens are also valued high at 11.5 wins. Yeah, I'm going over here too. I think them and Kansas City battle it out. Uh, and again, just another terrific organization. From top to bottom, they do such a good job. And J.K. Dobbins, the running back out of Ohio State, is going to be a huge X factor for them. Uh, very much like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is for Kansas City. We saw the the Ravens struggle when Mark Ingram went down last year. Well, now maybe there isn't such a big drop-off between Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, which would help them in the long run. But, but again, I think they get over, and I think they get to 12. I don't see them getting to 14 again, but I think they get to 12 or 13. Definitely the, the departure of Marshall Yonda, too, might affect their team up front in a certain way. So who do you think wins this, the division of the AFC North, and who is that team's MVP? Yeah, I think it's the Ravens, and it's Lamar Jackson. Um, um, again, I, I, I can see people you know, grabbing the trash cans to start throwing up already. Listen, quarterback is the most valuable position on a football team. That's uh, just, you know, that's the way it is. And, and again, if this team is going to take a leap and go to the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be because... Lamar Jackson took another huge leap. Again, another team that'll have an X factor, but Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Don't don't even question that. I don't think people are going to beat you up and take out the trash cans just yet for the two quarterbacks you picked because they won MVPs in the past two years. But now they might start throwing up. You start picking quarterbacks in these divisions. We go to the AFC East. We'll start with New England. Nine wins, still respected with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm going to push here. Um, and, and the only explanation I'll give you is they have Bill Belichick and nobody else does. And, and that, that'll that be the end of that. Very, very solid argument. <laughs> one of the best teams over the past two decades to one of the worst teams on the team they bullied, the New York Jets at seven was flat. Yeah, I know we, we have conflicting ideas on this. And, and I go back and forth with Jet fans all the time. I'm going under here. I, I just don't think the Jets are there yet. They have the second toughest schedule in the entire NFL uh, it's just going to be a brutal, brutal time for them. I think they're, you know, Denzel Mims is a good get, and they and they did a terrific job in free agency with the offensive line and, and, and kind of building that. But I think at the end of the day, Denzel Mims might be a nice player. I still think they need another weapon, okay? So I'm not completely sold on them, and I, I think they maybe get to four or five wins this year uh, and another disappointing time. I can't wait for the Jeff fans to come out and tell me they're going to the playoffs. I'm, I, it, I, it's the best time of year. And it certainly happens on cue every start of the football season. And if they gain traction, you want it to. You're not going to stop hearing it. From the New York Jets to the Miami Dolphins, that's six wins flat. Yeah, this is a team that's really interesting. And, and I've had this discussion with people a lot. I'm going to go over here. And I think, I think this team has the chance to be what the 2016 Giants were. Okay, and, and again, a lot, a big part of that is what they get out of the quarterback position. But do I think Fitzmagic will lead them to more than six wins? Absolutely. Ken Tua, it'll be, it's yet to be seen. But I think this team, you know, it, it's exactly what the Giants did in 2016. They loaded up on talent on the defensive side of the ball. They made huge splashes. And here you are. 
in a division that it hasn't been this wide open in years. Okay, you know, we still have one more team to talk about in this division, but have I really sounded overly confident about any of the teams in this division? Not particularly. I think they go over. I'm not sure exactly what they get to, but they have a chance to really, really surprise some people this year. Similar to the points you made, I'm a big, big believer in what the Dolphins out of the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be really fun to see what Brian Flores and those guys do in Miami. To one of the best division uh, teams in this division, the Buffalo Bills are at nine wins flat, matching New England. Yeah, I'm going over here. Uh, I think I think this this is the year. The, but Buffalo hasn't won the division, I believe, since 1995 or 1994. So I, this has to be the year because my Tua is only going to develop. Okay, the Jets. As much as it kills me to say it, the Jets are getting better. Okay, and New England. Who knows? Maybe they splash for a quarterback next year. Maybe they find a hidden gem in Jared Stidham. Who knows? This is the time because each year after this, the teams are only getting better, and and I I think they go over here. Certainly, that team rides on the shoulders of Josh Allen to play as well. Um, so who do you think wins the AFC East, and who do you think again that team's MVP is? Yeah, I think the Bills do because they have to. I, I I just don't. I they they have to win it this year, um, and and the the MVP has to be Josh Allen. And you're gonna say, well, why does it have to be? No, no, no. It has to be Josh Allen. He has to take the next step in his progression. He needs to be more accurate down the field. They got him Stefan Diggs. Okay, he's got all these weapons. He has to deliver, period. And he will be the MVP if they win that division. Couldn't agree more. Now the last team in the AFC, we'll go to the AFC South. So it's possibly the worst team in football next year. The Jaguars are not respected at all. Four and a half wins. Yeah, I'm. Go- I'm actually going to go under here. Uh, they, I, I love what they did in the draft. Actually, they drafted a lot of good players, but I did talent-wise from top to bottom, they're just not there yet. I think they're going to struggle, and they're going to be in the running for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, whoever's there at the top of the draft next year. So, side conversation away away from the next teams. Do you think Gardner Minshew is the answer there in Jacksonville, or do you think he's going to be on his way out? Yeah, if they're in position to take one of those one of those high talent guys, I don't I don't see Minshew being the answer. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is being compared to, I think they said he might be the most talented prospect coming out since John Elway, which is which is absurd when you think of some of the guys that have come out already. So, uh, yeah, I think I think they're looking to get one of those guys, and I, they'll say it's a quarterback battle next year, but it, it won't really be. We know that. Yeah, Minshew definitely looks like a placement holder there in Jacksonville. To the Tennessee Titans, made a deep run last year. They're not as respected as they should be. Eight and a half wins. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think they get to seven to nine or eight and eight. This is just a letdown year. Uh, they got Derrick Henry playing on a franchise tag, which can't make him happy at all. So I think they struggle a little bit. Uh, everything had to go their way last year. They are an extremely solid football team, though, with Mike Rabel there. Uh, leading the helm, but he can't do his little clock tricks anymore uh, as, as they've removed that from the game. But uh, a team that just, they're still physical, they're still really good, they're still talented. They paid Ryan Tannehill. I think teams are going to challenge Tannehill to beat them uh, rather than let Derrick Henry beat them. So I think they disappoint just a little bit, uh, but they're still 7-9, and 8-8 and eight right there on the bubble. From Tennessee, we go to Indianapolis. We have the Colts at 9 with flat. Yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, Hmm. This is tough. I, I, I'm going to go over here, just say they get the 10 wins. I, 
you know, a team that uh, you take out Jacoby Brissett and insert Phillip Rivers. You add Michael Pittman in the draft. I th- they were five and two with Jacoby Brissett when he was healthy to start the year last year. So uh, a team that drafts well. Chris Ballard, their GM, we've talked about a lot. He, he, you know, he's a really terrific, terrific GM. They're they're organizationally they're well run. Uh, they've drafted extremely well. So I think this team is poised to get back to the postseason. I think Phillip has a chip on his shoulder, and I think the rest of this team has a chip on their shoulder, and I think they get to 10 wins. Uh, you said it best, man. Chris Ballard is on a great show over there in Indianapolis. Now we go to one of the worst teams on football because their GM is also their head coach, Bill O'Brien. The Houston Texans, seven and a half wins. Yeah, there's only one Bill that can that can do that, by the way. Yeah, and that, that's Bill Belichick. And last time I checked, O'Brien is not Belichick. Um, regardless... I, I think this is a little bit low-balling. I think they could have set this a little bit higher. I understand they lost DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm going to say over because I think they just get to eight wins, maybe nine. Um, you know, again, Brandon Cooks does not replace DeAndre Hopkins. He's not the same wide receiver. They don't even play the same game uh, if you just go watch the tape. So, I, I you know, I think they still, they still have a really explosive offense, you know, with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. And Deshaun Watson finds magic. Okay, he found magic in college. He's found magic here in the NFL. So I, I think they're still respectable. May, maybe nine and seven, but I think they can get to eight and eight this year. So Goose, who wins the AFC South, and who's that team's MVP? Oh yeah. So just I, I have Indianapolis winning this division, and the MVP is going to be Phillip Rivers because they, they were not a playoff team last year when he was not on the roster. So for him to come in. And if they make the playoffs and win that division, well, that he was the missing piece, which which speaks to me all about value. So uh, I think it's I think it's him. They, dude, they have so many guys up here that that, that are going to do a terrific job. They drafted Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they're really exciting. But in the end, Phillip Rivers is that MVP for for them. So that officially wraps up Goose's AFC over unders. All win totals were taken from VegasInsider.com. So if you want to check that out. Certainly do that. Yeah, and I, I know, I know, Jolan, you and I will both be looking back at the tapes and uh, recording those over unders, and uh, we'll have a little fun of where Goose was right and where Goose was wrong. Come, uh, come, hopefully the NFL season. So it uh, should be should be a really exciting one. But I want to I want to move into well, the NFL seems like it's going to start on time. Now I want to start talking about teams that are organizations and 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 sports that aren't playing right now and are trying to get back. And the first one I want to touch upon is Major League Baseball. I am so disappointed in this league from top to bottom. I don't want to hear about your pay structure. I don't want to hear about the pay cuts. I don't want to hear what the owners are going through. I do not care. Go into an office, close the door, and that's it. Come out, come out when there's a deal, okay? Or, you know, come out to get your delivery food that you have ordered because everybody needs to eat and drink. Outside of that, I just want to hear your deal. And you know what? The players going back and forth. Scott Boris is fighting with Trevor Bauer. Max Scherzer says we're basically done. First of all, the pay cut that the players have to take is is ridiculous, so that's wrong on the owners. Players, you're not getting a 120-game season. I'm telling you right now. You're not getting a 100-game season. Okay? It's not going to happen. But here's what both sides have done. The, the the owners have laid out exactly what they would like to have happen in a perfect world, and the players have done the same. Now it is time for them to go into their rooms, pick up their big boy pants, put them on, 
and get to somewhere in the middle. Okay. Again, players, people don't want to hear about money right now, whether you're right, wrong, or indifferent. There are 40 million people unemployed in this country. The fact that you are, you, you are discussing not getting $7 million, but maybe getting three and a half million. Okay. Listen, you could be a hundred percent right. And, and for the top guys to take only 20% of their salaries I is wrong, but people don't want to hear it right now. Okay. Owners stop. You're, you're literally taking all this money. Oh, well, we're going to lose money. You billionaires losing money is better than millionaires losing money. And again, you know, there's not a lot of great there. The, the, my last point, and, and, and just to reiterate things, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Jolana, to get your thoughts. Figure it out. Rob Manfred, I'm looking at you. I don't care that we're on the phone. I'm looking at you to have some leadership. Okay? Get these sides and say, hey, listen, we cannot do this publicly. We cannot do this publicly. Because, again, they might have a strike next year or potentially the year after. We don't know what COVID's going to look like next year, too. Okay, you're looking at two, maybe three years without baseball. And at that point, it's catastrophic, okay? Because it, it was a sport that was already losing interest. And now, and now here we are. So uh, get it under control, figure it out, stop telling the public exactly what is happening, and get a deal done. They had the perfect plan. They they were going to start spring training in early June, and the first games were going to be on the 4th of July. Baseball is quote-unquote America's pastime. It was going to be perfect. And now, we don't know if we're going to get baseball at all. There are significant doubts everywhere that we're going to get baseball at all. I think we're going to get it just being, trying to be as optimistic as possible. Joel, I don't want to get your thoughts while I uh, catch my breath over here. Well, I, I think you have now have everything you said behind closed doors, and uh, Rob Manfred should be definitely the one to blame for this. Um, he's done a horrible job of running Major League Baseball um, since the Astros scandal. It's really carried over to a lot of, lot of sour tastes and a lot of people's mouths of how MLB is treating baseball and how the fans see it. Um, the, so MLB wants to do an 82-game schedule because you said they're not going to hit 100. I also don't think they're going to hit 100. Um, and the behind-closed-doors thing, I found out there's a sliding scale they want players to accept. So if they were going to make $35 million, they would have to take a um, 7.84 guaranteed, and that's only 22% of their salary. Moving down, like players being paid 10 million will only be paid 2.95 million, that's 29% of their salary. So the fact that we know that, the fact that it's out there, like they got, they got to hush that up. They got to shut the doors, and they got to get something working so we can see baseball. Because a lockout, like you said, would be devastating with a sport already losing momentum. Yeah, and and again. Here we are. Both sides have presented exactly what they want from each side in a perfect world. Now be adults and get... This is what compromise is. This is what negotiations are. Okay? They have to figure something out because we're, we're basically into June. You know? And, and we, don't, we don't have anything. There's no movement. It seems like this is extremely far away. And again, if health was the number one thing stopping baseball... I would understand it, but for finances to be the one thing that's stopping baseball right now, it's an absolute travesty, and the public deserve better. And they are getting better right now, Jolan. They're getting it better from the NBA. The NBA what is the NBA doing? Well, they're talking about things behind closed door. They're giving us a peek at what they're looking to do. They're trying to gauge interest from GMs. 
And we don't even, they haven't even confirmed that they're 100% coming back. You know why? Because they're still trying to figure out health parameters and stuff like that. You haven't heard a peep from guys like LeBron and Kawhi and 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 Damian, well, you've heard a little bit from Damian Lillard, but not on this specifically. Chris Paul, all those top guys, you're not hearing them say, uh, talk about finances. There has been none of that talk. They have just said, we want to play basketball. Now, Damian Lillard said if it's not meaningful, he doesn't want to play. But that's a whole different discussion. The NBA seems to have things under wraps, Joel, on. And they, they, they seem to just be figuring it out right now. And they got some really intriguing things going on in their, in their headquarters right now. What, what do you think about what the NBA has done? NBA and the MLB differ on the sole fact that the NBA has started their season already, and they already have under 20 games left. So the finances specifically aren't in play for a full season. They might get docked something, but they've played the majority of their games to get their money. Um, but the options to return, they have a couple things going on. They'd want to do like a FIFA-style tournament play-in with like a group stage to determine that last AC um, team six games out or back would be in. Um, they also took a poll, Adam Silver took a poll to uh, NBA GMs, who would want to go straight to the playoffs at one through 16 teams? Gosh, guess how many um, GMs voted for those 16 teams? Oh to get man! Right to the playoffs? Probably. I. It's got to be. It's got to be what? 80, 85 percent? It's got to be the 16 teams exactly that would make the playoffs in that format. Yeah. Obviously, teams that are one, two games out, um, like the Suns, are they're actually six games back. But with the time left in the schedule, they could have made a run to the eighth seed. So the NBA is being. Um, little less transparent on what they want to do exactly but they're keeping it behind closed doors and they are actively trying to get it figured out so i give adam silver credit like i said they did from the mlb a little bit because of the games left in the season there is under 20 games left but i do think we'll have playoff basketball some much better form yeah and and i know the big report right now is we're hearing july 31st down at disney world uh down there in florida so it's going to be really really intriguing to see i think you know one of the big things is uh, the GMs were actually offered, uh, what would you rather do? Would you rather have a play-in tournament or the FIFA-style group stage? And it was 75% for the play-in tournament as opposed to 25 for the group stage. So uh, among GMs of teams. So my guess is that be, uh, um, they're not going to go with the group stage. Here's my thing. You're the NBA. You are so popular right now. I, I don't see the reason behind bringing 16, more than 16 teams back but I'll tell you the exact reason they will. And his name is Zion Williamson, who plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. And, and again, this is a star-driven league. They want their best players in the postseason, and him playing LeBron in round one would add mega intrigue rather than the Lakers playing Memphis in the third round, in the first round, excuse me. Or if they, you know, if they do away with conferences, they play the Nets, which Kevin Durant might come back. So there's a lot of these storylines. And we're going to talk about more about Zion next time in the next episode because, you know, we're kind of running out of time here. But, Jolan, I want to get your thoughts. Is that is that, um, yeah. that practical? Like, I don't want to say is that practical. or they, They're not rigging the system. But what do you think about that whole idea of, like, hey, they might just be trying to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs? Well, not Zion specifically. I think they're trying to get their superstars um, on teams that have a fighting chance, like a team so far back, like a, a established franchise like the Knicks, who haven't been playing much, but who are uh, the cornerstone of the NBA's history. A team that's so far back like that, they won't try to get in and try to make something happen. But someone like Zion Williamson, who has that status of brand, and something that could bring ratings to TV, 
and more revenue towards the NBA. I know they're definitely looking at possibilities of even have them play a couple games. Whether they make the playoffs or not, the buddy chance is there, so it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, so they might have to play a couple games because I believe... I. I want to say the number is 70 games they have to get until uh, local TV market revenue uh, is, like, unlocked, quote-unquote. So uh, it is going to be really interesting. I'm really excited to see what they have to say. Hopefully by the next time we have an episode, they're, they're going to have something out in the public for us to see, kind of like the NHL has. Uh, the NHL hasn't released a return date, but we know the format of what they're going to do if and when they return. So... Uh, Jolan, good stuff, my friend. I, you know, I'm really excited here for these next few weeks. We're going to see a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. Uh, we're going to see the MLB hopefully step up. The NBA will step up and we're going to see the NFL. Uh, it's going to get really intriguing because I, I did see professional athletes got deemed as essential workers. So even if there is another stay at home or when the second wave comes, uh, they can still participate. So, uh, it seems like we're full steam ahead and, and again, we need sports be in a lot of people that work at these arenas and, and work for these teams need sports back. So, uh, Jolan, thanks for joining me again. Uh, quick question though, for you, where can the people find us at home? Uh, the people can follow us on Twitter at podcast, air it out on Instagram at air it out, not podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach to those and goose take us home, brother. Absolutely. Again, whether you like the show, dislike the show, you hate me, you hate Jolan, you like us, tell us what you think and let us know and spread the word to your friends. We hope you're staying safe, staying home, staying out of trouble, and we'll see you next time, everybody.